like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. We'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Secrets from the South. This week, we're going to dive into a subject that most families have faced by now. The problems with drugs and alcohol. If it hasn't been in your family, then you've probably had a good friend that is affected. I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode titled, The Addiction. I guess if you're a Hollywood star, the big thing is to be invited to the biggest and the flashiest parties there are. As, you're a big party goer, aren't you, Scotty? Oh, yeah. Anything that lasts past 830, I'm out. In today's world, and of course you and I don't know anything about this, but you hear people talking about all the time, this is our much younger folks. A good party doesn't even get started till like 9 or 10, and, and probably around 10. See, those folks aren't getting up at 4 a.m. like I do. Yeah, you get up early, early, early. So you're probably saying you wouldn't make the 10 o'clock bash? No, I'm just, uh, I go to sleep on people now. I mean, seriously, it, my body just at 10 o'clock, it's time to go to bed, and no matter where I'm at, it's shut down. Can I tell you how many times we go to start a movie at 8 o'clock, and I look over there at 8.15, and my husband is... Out. That mouth wide open, laid mouth back. wide open, and I bring these parties up. Do you remember uh, as a kid, people would say, "Well, if, follow the leader." How people do what others do. Yeah, there's a there's terminology for that, and I can't think of what it is. But these stars, the headline this week is there was some big party in L.A. and all of them. Uh, what do you do with fentanyl? Do you swallow it, inject it? What do you do? I you think, know, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure. I know that when my dad had cancer, he had esophageal cancer. He had fentanyl patches. I know one thing. So they could do that. It's extremely potent. But, to, you know, two of them died and two more almost died from fentanyl at this big party they all went to. I guess it's the rage that you're supposed to do that. Do you remember? And this, and I say this because I know this, this dates us. But this also tells you uh, we live in a totally different world. When I was in high school and somebody would come up in the scuttlebutt, maybe, you know, it, it, it was big, big, big news if they said, did you know so-and-so was smoking a joint down there at the uh, football stadium? And of course, there were like 600 people in my graduating class, but still, I mean, that was just like, holy cow. And you see the thing about it is, in my world, that's still big news. Well, I mean, it's big news in my world, too, because we don't come from that type of environment. I mean, you and I are not going to parties where they've got lines of coke and they've got every kind of painkiller and uppers and downers, whatever the heck that means, sitting at your disposal. I mean, that's just foreign to me, and it's scary. And I think back on some of those, and a lot of those in high school who did that are not with us today. Now, there are some that, that wised up and grew got up and got rid of it. Yeah. But there's a large portion of those people that never got out of the, the 80s party world. And it, it, it got their life. They yeah, just it, One thing led to another, and it got worse. Yeah, and some of those folks back then, and this is terrible to say, some of those folks back then were kind of like the rebels, or they were the, the cool kids. Yeah. And I don't know if they felt a lot of pressure as being a cool kid, or. but you're right. It's so, 
I was going to use the word, but it would have been the the wrong word. It's it's really sad to look back and think that, to your point, most of those people that we would have given that label to are no longer here. I mean, in the point to have fun, and and yeah, you want to be a cool and popular kid, but you don't have to do it at the expense of you know, a drug. I'm sitting here thinking of someone, and you know, people say, oh, there's nothing wrong with marijuana. Well, right up until it messes your world up. I, I know somebody who I guess you, I've never bought marijuana, never smoked marijuana, but I guess you buy it from a particular person and then people start lacing it for whatever reason. And uh, there's nothing short of saying they're screwed up in the head. If they're not on medication, they can't think for themselves anymore. It got them so bad. Literally, they have to have a pill to function every day because of drugs that they did. Well, and, and, chan- and, and chances are, Scotty, they were doing more than just marijuana. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I do, th- and I want to point out this. I am a firm believer that there are medicinal purposes for marijuana. And I think there's a lot of people that use that as a get out of, j- yeah, get out of jail card. And I, I need it for medicinal purposes. And I'm doing that with my fingers up quoting that where I really don't think they qualify. But I know that there are different protocols of Parkinson disease yeah, needs it. Uh, there's, I read an article where they said, and it, this protocol of marijuana was called uh, Charlotte's Web, where they had this couple's child was having like 200 seizures a day. They didn't live in Mississippi, but they didn't live where it was legal in the state. Correct. This has been 10 years ago. And they moved to a state where it was legal. And they said it had cut it down to like two to three a day. If that were my kid... I'd be doing anything yes. in this world I could for them. But that's not where we're going. We're talking about people that are doing just crazy stuff, like bath salts. You know, you've heard that. Well, they'll take bath salts and snort them or whatever in the heck they do. It's like we're so desperate to remove ourselves from reality that we'll do just anything. And I think that that right there in itself is sad. Why? You know, and I heard of this one, and I didn't even know you could do this. This was two, three, four, five years ago. Someone died of this. Sniffing hairspray. How? What makes you want to sniff hairspray? And it killed them. Really? Yeah. That's what I get. That, that's what I don't get is it, it's almost like we would prefer to live in a different realm of reality than having to face the world in some sense of normalcy. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a lot of people that just can't face reality, I think, is what you're kind of hitting at, isn't it? I am, and probably in a roundabout and probably a bad way. But, you know, I think that, and we use reference to Andy Griffith all the time. We happen to be Andy Griffith fans, you and I. But let's just take it on face value. It was a much simpler time back there. Did I think that they smoked? Did I think they drank? Yeah, absolutely. But times were simpler. I do think we live in a world today where it is you know, you heard me right before I got up here. What I do? I spent 15 minutes fussing about it. I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do that. We do live in a much busier world. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And so there are people that, and I'm, I'm not saying they're a cop out. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there are people that are able to adapt and cope with the craziness that we find ourselves in in the world. And there are people that are not. Sometimes it's just as simple as saying something has got to give. I can't keep running at this pace. It's not, but that doesn't mean the substitute is some kind of drug to get me through it. It just means what can I do to get rid of 
this negative energy, this negative person, this, you know, all this, I've got too much coming at me at one time. But right now, it's just kind of scary that the mechanism in which we do that, for some, is to pop a pill. And the first time I ever remember seeing anything as a kid that was drug-related that I saw in the movies was Animal House. I remember watching them, and I guess they smoked dope on there is what they were all doing in a circle. And then... Look who was in it, John Belushi. What happened to him? Yeah. And, he and, was a part of that little circle. I mean, we've had some famous actors what, within the last couple of days yeah. that have died at because of drugs. Well, the one that we just had brought up this week, Michael Williams. Michael K. Williams died in New York City. Uh, drug paraphernalia found all around him when they found 54 years old. Yeah, and that's young. And then you've got Heath Ledger. Heath was in that. Now, one of the ones that I'm going to back up and put my conspiracy theory hat on and go, I don't know if I believe all that, is uh, Marilyn Monroe. You know, they say oh, yeah. she OD'd, but I don't yeah, know. I think Marilyn think had was, something planted on her. Yeah, she was She was hoped along the way, as they say. Well, you know, there's just been a ton, and I think it's a travesty that we end up losing so many. And those are just famous people. Think about how many households where people have lost a family member heaven forbid a child at the hands of something like that and it's like you know there's not a parent out there that wouldn't have done something to help their child and sometimes they just get to a point where it's like you can't help them they've they've tried and they've tried and they've tried here are the 10 most common addictions now this doesn't mean that it's actually life-threatening okay so it's just an addiction but it's just an addiction. So you'll notice this one when I say right off the bat. But it can be life-threatening. And you'll, Coca-Cola, you'll, is that the first one? Well, I mean, it would probably a Coke would probably be one for me because I like having at least, uh, well, I shouldn't say at least, I only have, if I'm going to have one, and I can only have one a day. But I try not to drink one every day. But I do like a good Coke. But no, this one is tobacco. Over 40 million people would claim that they are addicted to tobacco. And it's written right on the package, this will kill you. Now, you think about the tobacco. Remember Mike Moore, Mississippi's attorney general? He was actually very instrumental and was one of the ones that led the charge for... Against the giant tobacco Yeah, taking out uh, big tobacco. And uh, that was back in the 1990s. Ironically, he is now after big pharma. And we know all about, and we'll get into that, about uh, exactly what big pharma is but the other thing is alcohol 18 million you know and this is the thing you do have some people out there that can socially have a cocktail or a glass of wine that's not who we're talking about some people they claim to have an addictive personality i don't know what that is but i know that that's a factual statement when they say that they have a, an addiction or, or have a an addictive personality, they tend to not be able to have just one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you see them at 830 in the morning with a beer or, or a glass and you pass back by again at 536 o'clock and they still got one, you might have a problem. Yeah. And I honestly do know people that are that way. I mean, it's I can't help them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know people, too, that are that way. And, you know, from all accounts, they look like they function. And there are a lot of people that can function in society, and they're an alcoholic. And, you know, the best advice I can give on that, if you've got a family member that way, don't even try it because it could be in your bloodstream. There's, I think it's really a part of your makeup of your family. Well, if you, some, if they say sometimes, addicted, yeah, it could be hereditary. Uh, here's the other one is what you just talked about was marijuana, 4.2 million. Now, you know that marijuana is becoming, I mean, I think 
in five years, we're probably going to see, at least from a, from a medicinal purposes, we'll see every state regulated where well, it's legal. Maybe not Mississippi because, you know, we voted on it. I know, and, and said, still haven't been able to do anything with it. Because they took it back. Now, I think for medicinal purposes, and again, do I think right. that there are people out there that will abuse it because it's legal? You know, I think, yes. I think you'll look at some of those and go, uh, you're not using it for medicinal purposes. Uh, Painkillers. And this is what I was getting on when I said that he's taking on the big pharma. It's 1.8 million. And this is drugs like codeine, Vicodin, Oxycontin. You know, and you've heard those where people. Yeah. And this is the, the wild thing. You hear people that say, and I don't know if it's now it's the easier thing to say, but that's not really how they got started or if there's some truth in that. And I think there probably is. Somebody gets in a car wreck. Somebody has a knee injury from football. Somebody has whatever, a legitimate thing. And their pain is so severe that them getting better is going to take a long period of time or either they just cannot stand the pain. Hey, I, I have a frozen shoulder I found out here within the last couple of days, been hurting me and been getting progressively worse and finally was diagnosed. Hey, that's what it is. There are days where it is a booger. You know, you have a lot of people that go to the hospital and they're treated and when they get out, they cannot stop, as you pointed out there, off that medication because it makes it that pain go away and then it leads to one thing. Next thing you know, they're doing whatever they have to to get that, that one pill to make it go away each day. Well, now they get dependent on it. I mean, like when I had the before i was diagnosed with the um frozen shoulder i had gone to see somebody okay i go to get an mri and the insurance declines it and says not we're not doing an mri you got to go to rehab well the pts there are like well it'd been a lot better if we knew exactly do you have a a tear do you have bone spurs do you have whatever but anyway when i got to talking to them excellent folks that i've been getting physical therapy from started saying that they have a lot of people they don't want to get better because then they can't go back and get the pills. They just have to go meet the requirements of going to physical therapy. And they said they can tell right out of the gate. They don't want to be there for physical therapy to get better. They're only doing it to meet the requirements of their insurance so they can go back to their pain doctor and say, now prescribe me the pain medication. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to second guess why they're doing that. But it sounds like in talking to them, it's definitely you know, uh, a racket. If I've learned anything, I am uh, I can't take pain medicine. You know, when I was in the hospital, it, it did weird things to me, and I don't ever want to feel that way again. I was seeing things, Terry, when I took those pain pills for those couple of days. Oh, yeah, and I mean, sometimes physicians, and I know that they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. You go and you get a wisdom tooth taken out. You go and, I mean, Lord knows you had major surgery. And they give it to somebody who's not really kind of acclimated to taking pain medicine and it throws them for a loop and it's the probably the worst feeling in the world it was pretty bad for me but, and i i was smart enough to realize i don't want no more of this and but, i'll just hurt leave me alone but there are a lot of people that will come over to family members houses and i've heard oh. this where like you they know you're not going to take all that pain medicine because it's not something that you do. You're going to suffer through it and get better the long way. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. just not a, somebody that wants to take pain medicine, and neither am I. But you get that prescription, and you go ahead and get it filled just in case it gets bad. In the bad. middle of the night, you yeah, have no yeah, other Yeah, that you haven't. And, I mean, it's like your insurance policy. Even if you only take half a capsule that you know, it's just comforting knowing that you have it there. But then I've also heard family members say that they'll prey on you. All of a sudden, you start getting this 
long-distance relative that shows up for a visit because they won't see how you're doing. And really what they're wanting is they're trying to confiscate your medication because they know that you'll never miss it or you won't miss if you take 10 or 15 other capsules. Right, and that happens every day. And that's sad. So the next thing is cocaine. 821,000. The rates of cocaine addiction in the United States are dropping. The decline is slow. However, with an estimated 821,000 Americans are still addicted as of 2011. Crack cocaine, which is cheaper and more intense than regular cocaine, is responsible for many crippling addictions and ruined lives. I mean, you hear about crack all the time uh, and that's and, when people start stealing everything they can to to get that one little high from what i understand with it you never you get high once and then you chase that same feeling uh, and never can reach you it imagine again. you've had an all-time low let's just say you've had the crappiest of crappy days you lost your job you lost your spouse your dog got ran over you know what i'm saying and then right. all of a sudden some sitting there and you're thinking what could it hurt can you imagine now you're chasing that addiction for the rest of your life and your life is virtually over at that i mean point. some people overcome this but i mean the odds are definitely not in their favor the next one is heroin four hundred twenty-six thousand. now that got real popular after nam didn't it after Vietnam, wasn't that a yeah, real Yeah, they popular... say that a lot of people that come off of, and I may be wrong, but a lot of people that come off of painkillers, you know, now that they've finally cramped down on, you had all of these doctors that were writing all these scripts for pain meds, and when they mm-hmm. finally got wind of it, they started cracking down on how often they could write these scripts and how frequent they were, and they were actually arrested, you know, some physicians. Well, they say that the substitute for painkillers, if I'm correct, is heroin. But it says heroin severe withdrawal symptoms makes beating a heroin addiction a difficult task. I, I just I can't imagine. This is another one called Benzos. Yeah, I've heard I, of that one now. This one is Valium, Xanax, you know, those type of things that are mood regulating drugs to manage conditions like anxiety and stress. The other one is stimulants. There's 329,000 people that are prescription drugs such as Adderall or Ritalin, oh, you know, that. that you've heard for their substances like meth. They're highly addictive and intense withdrawal symptoms make quitting difficult. I just, you know, I can't imagine taking all of that stuff. But like I said, now people are just coming up with stuff. Like you said, the hairspray, the bath salts. I mean, are we that desperate to escape reality? There. Or is it, am I missing the point? It's not about escaping reality because life is so difficult. It's just that we just think it's cool and we want to do that. But I think it's a little each. You're playing Russian roulette. I just cannot imagine being a parent. I've heard stories of people that were wonderful parents. They did everything right. They have three children, and they reared them all the same way. And two go in one direction, and one goes off, goes you know takes a different turn, and it ends up being a turn for the worse. And you know it doesn't hold. There's not a line of whether it's, it's this class of people. It can be anybody. Celebrities. You know, we lost Michael Jackson. You lost Prince. And then one of the the saddest because she was so talented, drowned because of that. Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was such a tragedy. That that woman was so talented, and it, it ended up taking her own life at 48. So it, it doesn't matter whether you've got money or you don't have money. It can get you. 
And the thing about it is, you think about like somebody like Whitney Houston that has so much going for her, so talented, and has the funds to go in and out of rehab. They say that the first time that you go in rehab, you know, the chances of you actually going through a recovery are very slim. And I think about the friends that I know that have lost love. I mean, I, I truly know people that have lost loved ones and they have done everything in their power. And when they were free from the drugs, they were a totally different kid. They were totally different. And you think, I would think as a parent or a family member, hopefully this time is going to be, this is going to be it. This is when it, this recovery is going to take hold. And then they lapse, and so they get back in recovery. Right. But then you have people that don't have the means for putting their family member in recovery because recovery is not cheap. And so what happens to that person? I, I don't know. I just think that it just scares me to death that we see, like we just talked about, all the names, and we've just barely touched the surface. And we just talked about Michael K. Williams that died today. I mean, how do we get a handle on this, especially when it seems like – the ones that are pushing the drugs from other countries and our country as well. I mean, I just wonder if we're winning this battle or losing this battle. But I know that there's a lot of family members out there that it's just got to be a tough road for them. I'm going to say we're losing the battle. I mean, it, it comes into this country as big business. It is probably the, the biggest business there is in the United States that, that is below the, the radar. Yeah, I just think that it's such a sad thing. And you think, okay... Hopefully, my family will be spared. But You can just about, Terry, anybody that's listening to this has a family member or cousin or brother. Somebody in their family has some form of addiction to this. It, it used to be it was, oh, that was way off. But that's not the case anymore. And the, the sad thing about it also is, Scotty, is let's just say they had a family or let's say they have children. I mean, they're, the, they're paying the price, too. It's not only the mamas and the daddies. And the kids that are actually caught up in it, if it is kids, in a lot of cases, I mean, this, you know, Michael K. Williams is a grown man. I mean, it's grown adults, it's young kids, everybody seems to be influenced by this. But when people have small children and they lose that family member to some addiction, I mean, it, it's not just them that's impacted by that. It's the entire family. And it's just, you would think at some point we're going to turn a corner and we're going to start seeing improvement. I don't know. We got a long way to go. This week's episode reminds me of so many stars that I've seen pass away from drug overuse and alcohol abuse. It seemed at the time that they had the world in their hands, but behind that public image, they fought demons. And I'm sure at some point in your life, you've lost someone close to you to a problem like this. This I know. Down every road you travel, There'll be a fork in the road and you have to make a decision. That road to the left always seems enticing. It's bright lights, it's parties, it's great times, and fun that never ends. And well, that road to the right, well, it normally has a little grass in it. It's not traveled by many. I urge you to choose your road wisely, for that left or right turn will decide your path in life. Now, I didn't say that the decision you make won't cause you problems with others. I can still remember being picked at, all because I didn't wear the latest fashions. The Miami Vice, well, it just wasn't me. I'm still proud of the way I turned out, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And I guess you could sum it up to an old Merle Haggard song that I once knew. I wear my own kind of hat. 
and I hope you do too. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. We'd like to say thanks for dropping by. And if you don't mind, tell a friend about us. We sure hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll see you back next week here at Secrets from the South.